Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline, 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Won't have a lot of time, but sometime if you would like to get in. Uh, this first segment could. Uh, the first segment of most hours you can call in. Uh, we will... Be starting a new, we'll see how long it lasts, but hopefully weekly ser- weekly interview for a long time with our old friend Stevie P. He now works for Lafayette Recreation and Parks Department, and he'll be giving us some recreation and parks updates on a period, you know, on a weekly basis, but also plenty of other stuff. Stevie P and I agree on a lot of things in sports, and there's some things that uh, we don't agree on, and it's normally um, lively conversation. So looking forward to getting his opinion on a few things there. Um, And then we will talk to Luke Johnson at around 10.15. Obviously, lots to discuss with the Saints moving forward. Unfortunately, so much of what we're going to be discussing today and in the near future is total speculation. Like, uh, I mean, I'm good with a certain amount of speculation. And then after a certain, you know, after, I don't know, a couple, a month or two, it's like I get, I get, I get very fatigued, like speculation fatigue. And but we're you know it is what it is. We have no choice. All we can do right now is speculate. That's where we are in the Saints situation on a lot of different fronts. So we'll be doing that in the ten o'clock hour. Uh, Pelicans lost to the Celtics last night. I you know especially on the road that was not a surprise. Pelicans are obviously very short-handed right now, but man, C.J. McCollum. I mean, when the Pelicans acquired him, you knew you were getting a good player, but he he plays great fairly often. Like, he, he, he does a really good impersonation of a great player pretty often, McCollum. So we'll, um, you know, it. I heard someone, where was it? I don't know, sometime in the last two days, someone was saying just how, in their opinion, how irrelevant and useless and what in the world is the NBA really going to do about the importance of its regular season, and I get that. And the and the Pelicans are a, a, a pretty much a good example of that in that they're just kind of biding their time. But like I said yesterday, just just – if you're a Pelicans fan, especially if you're one like Lewis that just is so into it, you know, like I am with the Saints and the Astros, you just you just enjoy the when, when you haven't been. Now, if you've been, you know, if you're the whatever, 
a team that's been good for a long, long time. And, you know, it, it can be kind of boring, the, the NBA regular season. For some of them, I'm sure. They're just biding their time. But if you're a Pelican fan, just enjoy the wins and the, and the ride while it's going. And uh, just hope that you get healthy at the right time. That's kind of what it all is, is can you get healthy at the right time? It's just so hard. That's the difference between basketball and all these other sports is one or two or three players are important, can be important in any sport, but in basketball, it's it's critical. Now, obviously, if you're one or two or three players is your best wide receiver and your quarterback, you know, or your best cover corner and a quarterback – you know, then you're going to have problems, or your your bet, you know, your your big play pass rusher, or whatever. One of your top two, or if you got, if you're missing three players, and they're three of your top five or six players, and you're going to have trouble even in football. I get that, but um, basketball, you're missing three of your top six. I mean, you just you. I mean, there's, once you get to the playoffs, I mean, it's just really almost no way to win a series. I mean, you could win a game. But it'd be almost impossible to win a series. So it's a little different in that way. I think I think the QW mentality is more of a basketball thing than it is a football thing. But that doesn't stop all the QWs around the country. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. I I brought it up here and there. And there are Saints fans all over the country now starting to think about this even more seriously. A year ago, I said, I think Casper the Quitter is going to end up with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I, I, a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago, I was like, eh, I'm not going off of that prediction, but I don't feel as good about it because I still don't know what he would think of Bidwell, that they're not known as a football savvy ownership group. But the fact now that the, there's not going to be a GM, well, there's not a GM in place, and that theoretically he can not totally, but have a, I don't know if you, I guess you could say name the GM or at least play a big role in naming the GM and deciding on the GM as part of the negotiation to become the head coach if he, if he, if he goes that route, if. Um, you know, m- kind of makes you think, hmm, maybe it's more, may- maybe I shouldn't backtrack on that posi- or feel less confident about that prediction. And then, you know, the first the, that's the first thought. The second thought, as Saints fans read the, 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 the speculation, and that's all it is, it's speculation, that, you know, he might could be the coach and they, and they got permission to interview him, et cetera, is the fact that the Cardinals had a bad season this year and they got the number three pick. Again, this is all speculation. But I do not, I would not have the expectation that the Saints are going to get the number three pick in the first round. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, again, I don't know any more, really know any more about this than any of us do. 
It's all speculation. I mean, no one knows. I doubt very seriously they've even, you know, that part hasn't even begun to, to happen yet, I wouldn't think, anyway. Of course, we don't know. Maybe they have had some of those conversations already. I doubt it, but we don't know. But I, 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 I just would not expect that to happen. I, you know, I understand it's, it, people will get all excited, but I, I, that would shock me. Again, I, it's not like I know how this works. I don't, but I would, I would be shocked if a new head coach would, who would be coming in and had the number three overall pick, I, I would think they would go out of their way to keep that number three overall pick. I, I, would, I would not expect that to happen. But we'll see how, how that plays out. Um, I don't know if we'll get to it in this segment, but some t- at some point before the end of this show, I want to do a little review of some past trades involving head coaches going from one team to another, and what what they what the teams received in that. Because um, it, it it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but. It is, you know, it gives us at least some parameters to what to expect. Now, it wouldn't shock me if the Cardinals gave up next year's first-round pick. Maybe. I I don't know that the Saints are getting a first-round pick. We'll see. Maybe. Hopefully they do. But if they get a first-round pick, I would think it would be next year's first-round pick, not this year's first-round pick. I, I, I just... That's just too high. I, I just would not believe it. Now, I would take, I'd be perfectly happy with next year's first round pick and a second or third round pick. I'd be happy with a second round pick this year. Because that's essentially a first round pick. It'd be the, what, the third pick of the second round. That's essentially a third round pick. That would be a pick above what my, where they pick Michael Thomas, above where they pick their favorite dump truck, Alvin Kamara, above where they picked Chauncey Corner Johnson, above where they picked, you know, just about every good player other than that's day one, and just a hair below where they pick Ramchek. So I know some people look down on second-round picks. I love second-round picks. Um, so again, maybe I'm underselling, but I would be, I, I, I think I would put the brakes on this concept that if the, if, if still a huge, if, but I would put the brakes on this idea that the saints are going to get the number three overall pick. I mean, that's just. Maybe I'm being like, that's just too good to be true. <laughs> like it's too good to be true. Most things that are too good to be true are too good to be true. So, again, if they got next year's first-round pick, I would be happy with that, and I could believe that. I just, I don't, I don't buy this year's first-round pick. I don't buy that. But we'll see. We shall see. Again, it's something, as a Saints fan, 
after the, these two very frustrating back-to-back seasons to sink your teeth into to give you hope. It's all about hope. Hope is, is very important. Very important. But, um, look, if it would happen, I'd be ecstatic. I say that. I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of rookie quarterbacks. So, if they draft, let, let, let's say they get the number five three pick and they draft one of these rookie quarterbacks I won't be as happy as most of y'all now I mean I, w- I will obviously hope that it works out and he'll be my guy now and I'll hope that he does great but I- I'm not I'm not as into rookie quarterbacks as most of you are so I won't be quite as excited as y'all but you know it it would be a different it'd be a new thing it'd be a start I mean we'll We'll see what happens. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get our thought, we'll get uh, thoughts on that and many more subjects, or at least a couple more subjects, with our old friend Stevie P. We'll do that next on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game. Want to remind you to tune in tonight. LSU's undefeated Women's basketball team will be hitting the road to Missouri. Pre-game starts at 5.30. Tip starts at 6. And you can listen to all the action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us here someone who probably most of you know. And he and I have known each other for several decades now. This is a very interesting uh, process interviewing one another now this is going to be fun mr stevie p how are you sir good morning cat how are you now you got to bear with me here i'm a, I'm a little nervous you got to understand i never did this before so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so first of all you know me i like talking sports and i tend to forget about the business side of this so let's start with the business side i know this is an, an incredibly exciting month for the Lafayette Recreation and Parks Department. So tell us about some of the things that are coming up. Uh, you're right, Kevin. You know, especially, you know, right now, we are getting set next Thursday for our Park Youth Awards Banquet. And, and it really is to give awards from our fall programs, which is flag football, tackle football, and, uh, and volleyball. Dave Stewart, who I know you know, I know most of the listeners know, you're talking about a guy who did it all in baseball. He's a two-time All-Star, a World Series MVP, pitched a no-hitter. He was a pitching coach. He was a general manager. I mean, Dave Stewart has done it all. He is going to be our keynote speaker there. Also, there is Lee Smith. I mean, Hall of Famer. You know, you know case closed. You know, what else you want? Cats in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, Shane Yeoman, who, of course, starred in, in Iberia and, uh, and LSU, pitched a little while with the Pittsburgh Pirates and also was very successful in the, over in Japan. He will be there as well, but we're looking for a great night. Again, uh, we had a, a bang-up fall session uh, is what we had. We were in conjunction with the Saints and the NFL. We had flag football for the first time, and um, 
it was great for us. It really was to go along with tackle football and, uh, and volleyball as well. Now, this Saturday, we're kicking off our youth basketball session. It's going to go on for eight weeks. It's going to be every Saturday at four of our gyms around the, uh, the area. Uh, we're in conjunction with the New Orleans Pelicans uh, this year, and the Pelicans will be on hand on January 21st. Now, obviously, when I say the Pelicans are going to be on hand, it's not like Zion Williamson is going to be at the gym, but members of the organization, the cheerleaders, uh, you know, the mascot, they're all going to be there. And that's big for us because I mentioned we were in conjunction with the Saints for football. We're in conjunction with the Pelicans for basketball. Something, some breaking news on your show, uh, Kevin. Uh, we just kind of confirmed that we're going to be in conjunction with Major League Baseball over the spring when we kick off uh, registration for baseball and, and softball. Major League Baseball will be a part of that. So all of our sports now will have an affiliation with uh, you know the NBA, the NFL, and, and Major League Baseball. So we're really, really excited. And, and, and finally, I mentioned you know at Major League Baseball, and, and we're going to be taking registration uh, coming up in about, uh, oh, I would say about a month or so. We'll, I'll certainly let people know about that on, on your show. But when we get to uh, the baseball segment, Dusty Baker, yes, the Dusty Baker, the manager of the World champion Houston Astros, along with Dave Stewart, Ron Washington, who's been a successful Major League Baseball manager for years, now the third base coach of the Atlanta Braves, Shane Yeoman, and former uh, St. Thomas More, LSU, and Major League Baseball great Lyle Mouton, will be available to teach youngsters uh, via Zoom calls, um, you know, give them tidbits and whatnot about baseball. So we're really excited about what's going on right now. And, can't wait for the awards banquet coming up next Thursday, but I'll talk about that with you next Thursday. Now, uh, someone asked me a question, um, text before the show. Do, do you believe and really um, live and and about to live a hammock season for the Houston Astros? Do you believe in hammock seasons? Period. <laughs> believe you know i i believe in your medicine seasons more than most people and 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 you know that just because it's so hard to repeat i mean it it just is but hammock season i I know what you're saying try to enjoy it because you're probably not going to win the championship anyway but while i'm not maybe as excitable as you you know me i'm never in a hammock you know so but to answer that's a long way of answering your question yeah, I do believe in a hammock season, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with the uh, what the Astros are going to do this year with, with the addition of uh, you know Jose Abreu, and I, I know that they lost Verlander, but I actually think that they got an opportunity to be even better than what they were last year. Of course, you know the the Rangers finally got some pitching, and you know the Mariners certainly look like one of the teams of the future. So, uh, you, am I going to just go ahead and throw up my hands? And say no, the Astros won it last year, so they don't have a chance this year. No, but do I believe in hammock seasons for the most part? Yes. Now, I'm not saying Astros can't win it again this year because, again, their medicine seasons are over with. I mean, they, they they've established themselves. I'm just not going to stress out about it like them because I mean, you no matter what happens, no matter how many runners they leave at third with less than two outs in this, I, I'm gonna every time that happens, I'm gonna remind myself. Well. We we ha- the crown is on our head, so you know. I mean, so, it just it just makes it a lot easier to deal with. All right. So so you say you're not going to stress 
How, no stress. Exactly how many games is it going to take in the 2023 season for you to say, I hate ground balls? Well, I, I'm always going to hate ground balls. <laughs> see, see, there we go. That's why I, don't, I can't win with you. That's why. That's different. That's different. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, while the, the Astros couldn't be going any better, the last two Saints seasons have been totally and utterly frustrating. And I stumbled across something yesterday. And you're, you, you love having these you, – you, you, you get these conversations or these topics. So that play from what was that, two years ago, where the Saints um, are beating the Yucks and they run, they're running out the clock – and they hand it to Latavius Murray, and and Michael Thomas is not paying attention because the game's over and he should be on the sideline and he shouldn't be on the field. And he gets kind of hit from behind and he suffers an ankle injury. And, and that play, when you consider what has happened for Michael Thomas and since then, which has been a complete nightmare for this franchise and the fact the slap in the face that Latavius Murray's the one that did it for for inexplicably the Saints decided they didn't need him anymore and they still have never replaced him that play if I say that's the worst play in the history of the Saints franchise what would you say to that I would say I would need a couple of seconds to think it over but you got a good point but you know what? That, that's what people do. And, and, and I used to talk about this all the time, and that's something that me and you are on the same page about. It's amazing how people just view results and say, oh, this team won, this team lost, the team that won must be the greatest thing of all time, the team that lost must be the greatest thing, must be the worst thing of all time. It's all about the lower sample size. And things tend, it's a, it's a domino effect, and things, things tend, tend to happen. So based upon the fact that the Saints – now, still, I mean, I, I understand that they redid Michael Michael Thomas's contract, and I still don't understand what he's doing, leaving all kind of money on the table or whatnot. But the fact that they signed him to that big, you know, contract and got nothing for him since then, and have gotten headaches from him, and the, you know, not only you know uh, with him really not playing, I'm talking about front office and you know the, his. Uh, raising the eyebrow at the at the at the Saints doctors and everything. It's just like you said, it's been a complete nightmare, and and, and I agree with that. Based upon that, I would say you got a really good point. I mean, they signed Michael Thomas to the long term deal, and I was for it because I mean he set NFL records. Forget about Saints records; the Cats set NFL records, and they were in the process of chasing another Super Bowl. You can't afford to lose a guy like Michael Thomas, who set an NFL record. You know, for receptions and, and and all this stuff, and you sign him to this long term deal, and you get headaches from him, and you know your 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 play has regressed on the field. So, uh, at first glance, at first thought, I would say, yeah, that's that's probably a very good thought. So, what would be second, Big Ben? You know what, Big Ben's overrated, and again. Uh, you know my thoughts are overrated. It, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't have any substance in what that. But the Saints wasn't really good that year, and you know they uh, lost to could have made the playoffs. The are, oh no, I, I mean, it, uh, I really think, and you know, and, and you know how I feel about this. I think 1983. You go back to the field goal by uh, uh, by Lansford. the Rams. Mike Lansford. The field goal. Yeah, yeah, knocking the Saints out of the playoffs. The Saints had an opportunity 
to have their first winning season, their first playoff game. I mean, it, it was there. And they dominated the Rams in that game. I mean, the Rams had a oh. had an interception return from Nolan Cromwell. They had a punt return. Go back and look at the box. Oh. Score. The Saints completely dominated. And when the ball went through the uprights, it ruined my Christmas. Christmas was the next week. But I'm telling you, it deflated Bum Phillips. Bum Phillips to this day is a very underrated football coach for the Saints. Everybody, oh, Bum Phillips. Well, Bum Phillips took a, a 1-15 football team, and in the course of two years, and we're talking about no free agency now, you know, wasn't a whole lot of trading. You did it through the draft. Bum Phillips took a 1-15 football team, and two years later, he missed the NFL playoffs by one game. By one fluke, yeah, by one fluke game. And then Uh, in 83, it was supposed to be there. It didn't happen, and it deflated him, deflated the Saints, and deflated the fan base. I would say that. Well, well, I I think number two would be, if not Big Ben, it would be the, uh, what's his name, the stupid tight end from the Cheaters that in 2011. Well, the playoffs after the 2011 season. Yeah, Wallace. Yes. No, the. No, uh, 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 I don't. Uh, uh, um, when, I when, can see him right when, now. When the Saint, <laughs> you know, when the Saints should have, you know, they 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 took Pierre out the game, and Jimmy Graham had that incredible touchdown pass, and it looked catch, and it looked like the Saints were going to win, and they were the best team in the league, and they lost. So I would say that play. But, man, it, I, I, I think it's unbelievable how devastating. All right, so do you think, like me, or do you disagree with me that Saints fans are need to take a step back from this idea that even if Casper goes to the um, – ends up becoming the head coach at Arizona Cardinals, that the Saints are going to get their number three overall pick this year? Because I don't, I don't expect that to happen. No, I, I – no, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, they they could they can get a second this year, which is kind of almost like a first. Because keep in mind, uh, who is it? The Bears? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, th- th- there's one team at the end. No, not the Bears. The Bears have the top pick. But there's a team at the end that loses a pick um, uh, by a penalty of the NFL. So anyway, you want to give me their second round pick, uh, but you're not getting the third pick. You know, not for Sean Payton. You know how I feel about that, also. Um, you know, I've you know, heard, you see, I still got sources, Kevin. A little birdie told me that you want the Saints to take Stetson Bennett in the second round. Oh. <laughs> no, that's oh. not going to happen either. But no, there are certain, you know, I, I like to make a joke sometimes. That's not an opinion, it's a fact. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. The Saints are, are not getting the Cardinals, they're not getting the third overall pick. Again, that's not an opinion, that, that's a fact. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. That, that's just. That's thinking too highly. I mean, if you're going to get a first-round draft choice, and the Saints will. I mean, I never said they weren't going to get a first-round draft choice. I just said they're not getting three or four, like people say. It's going to be a pick at you know probably the the second half of the of the first round, and maybe a a future number one draft choice as well. But I just can't. I would be absolutely shocked, shocked if they got the third overall pick in the draft for a coach. Again, you know, well, I think coaches are more important than you think, and even I don't think they're going to get the number three pick. Now, it wouldn't shock me if they got next year's first round pick, but they're not getting the number three overall pick. Okay, wouldn't wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that the perception and look overrated doesn't mean bad. I like Sean Payton. I appreciate what he did for the Saints. Is he a good <laughs> coach? Yes. Would I like to have him back as the head coach of the Saints? Yes. Even though I told people long ago that was never going to happen either. 
But from a perception standpoint, wouldn't you say that most people consider Sean Payton a Hall of Fame coach and Mike McCarthy an idiot? Or at least a borderline Hall of Fame. Yes. Go back and look at their stats, people. And, and again, I think it's fairly even because of the fact that they each had an elite Hall of Fame quarterback for the majority of their careers. They both coached 16 years. Now, Peyton was really 15 because he got suspended for a year. Mike McCarthy has 159 wins. Sean Peyton has 155. And they each won one Super Bowl, and Mike McCarthy won his later. He won his earliest to date than than Sean Payton. I think that would surprise a few people. Now, I mean, the, their resumes think, are basically identical is what you're identical, saying. Identical. Yeah. Identical. Now, do I think that Sean Payton is a better coach than Mike McCarthy? Yes. I just think that people go overboard in that. Oh, Sean Payton's his guru, and he's a you know he's going to the Hall of Fame. Well, you're doing one of two things. You're either overrating Sean Payton or you're underrating Mike McCarthy. But you can't look at their what they've done with basically identical talent, and uh, the identical time frame, coaching for identical years, and look at their resume and tell me that Sean Payton is worth three first-round draft choices and Mike McCarthy is this idiot who uh, you know you would trade first-round draft choices just to get rid of. That makes no sense. Uh, I'm 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 with you there. I I I, I agree with that, but I I, I do think coaches <clears throat> are a little bit. Look, if, if the if the Saints get one first round next year and a second or third this year, I I I'd take it and 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 you know be ready to to move on. I um, do you think he's going to Arizona or you don't buy that either? You know, I'm I'm not buying it for the simple fact that you know Kyler Murray is you know was a guy this year that had some issues with with Cliff Kingsbury, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it was his fault. I'm just saying that. You read a lot of stuff, and you can't believe everything that you read. He's been difficult to get along with, you know, from a teammate standpoint. He's he's been a little bit mercurial, I guess is the best way to no, put it. No, he, he, he's a little on the strange side, but yeah. but 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 Casper kind of is as well. And so you just never know. I mean, certain coaches like certain players and other ones don't. I don't know. I, I, I would rather him be in the AFC but if they can get a first-round pick, um, you know, out of them, or um, is it the other thing to consider? Is it more important to get a first-round pick this year, even if it's later for the Saints, than to have one next year? That's, yeah, that's, that's another thing too. Salary cap, everything involved. The other thing is the Bidwells. I mean, you know, the the Cardinals haven't exactly been the best-run organization throughout the years, and they still have the Bidwells as the as the as the owners. And Peyton made it a point to talk about how he wants stability with ownership and the front office and, and the head coach, you know, are the Bidwell's really going to supply that, you know? So that's a, that's a long-winded response to, to your question, but I think that my answer would be no. I don't think he's going to wind up with the, uh, uh, with the Cardinals next season. I'm still betting, and, and, and again, I think this, this weekend is really interesting for uh, who's going to get Sean Payton because I really believe if the Chargers or the, uh, or the Cowboys lose that, you know, those franchises jump right up to the top. The Cowboys, maybe. The, the, Brandon Staley is Sean Payton 20 years younger. Like, well, they, they're we, not going to get uh, rid well, of that guy. Well, well, we say that, and again, we go back to, you know, Sean Payton and how great of a coach is he. I mean, uh, the Chargers have been the same Charger team for the last, you know, three years. 
You know, people talk about taking that next step. Well, they're ten and seven this year. That's kind of what they've been the last couple of years. And you know, are, are the Chargers ready to take that next step? And again, we go back to the perception. The perception. And again, I'm not calling Sean Payton a bad coach. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. Again, I appreciate everything that he did with the Saints. Love to have him back. But you put Sean Payton in that situation with the with the Chargers over the last three years, he probably does the same thing, maybe only slightly better than what they've accomplished over the last three years. The perception is that Sean Payton can get the Chargers to the next level. I just I, – I don't see them getting rid of Staley. But anyway, it's going to be very interesting. Well – uh, it's great to talk to you. Uh, are you doing? Are you going to be at the Cajun Dome tonight? I'll be at the Cajun Dome tonight. Hopefully, the Cajuns could pick up a victory, make it uh, make it two wins in a row. It's a uh, it's a big stretch for them because obviously, you know, conference season now in full swing. What is this? The third week, so some uh, some big uh, some big games for them. Cat, did, did you hear about the kidnapping in Milton? The kidnapping in Milton? No. Yeah, I mean, it's okay now the kid's awake, but there was a kidnapping in Melbourne, just letting you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, I know you, it doesn't sound like you got a hammock for Christmas. When's your birthday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. National holiday coming up, Cat. January 27th. Now. That, that, that's what that I now. thought. That's I what like, I thought. I don't like to make that big of a deal about my birthday. I don't make it try to seem like I'm better than everybody else, which, you know, I am. But it's just the idea that, you know, I don't like to play – you know, like, oh, okay, it's my birthday. Let's make a big deal out of it. So uh, I don't want – I want the mail to run. I want the banks to be open. I want – you know, let's not make too big of a deal about it. But, yes, it, it is It is an unofficial national holiday, January 27th. Well, if, since you didn't get your hammock for Christmas, you better get your hammock – request the hammock for your birthday. You're going to need it. Oh. oh, yeah. And next week when I come back on, uh, Kevin, we'll certainly talk about our award banquet, which, you know, in all seriousness, uh, we're really excited about coming up uh, – a, uh, a week from tomorrow at the at the Martin Luther King Center. So we're really excited about that. By the way, if someone wants to attend it, can they? Uh, yes. Just uh, give us a call uh, at Parks and Recreation. My desk number is 291-8380. That's 291-8380. And we'll set you up with uh, with all the information that you might need. The only way that I won't help you is if you're a Cubs fan. Okay. Okay. I got you. The man hates the Cubs. We'll get to that on a future show. Appreciate your time. We'll see you at the Cajun Dome tonight, Stevie. Uh, Kevin, as always, it's been your pleasure. All right. Take care. <laughs> I mean, for, if any of you don't know Stevie P, then these weekly conversations are going to be a treat. I'm just telling you. Uh, again, he and I are very similar in a lot of ways, but we're very different in a lot of ways. I would never say that my birthday is a national holiday, but that, that fits right into the way Stevie P thinks. So, no, the man, Stevie P is a pacer, very much like me, but he, you know, again, I, I'm going to be a little bit more, I, I, I don't know that he's ready to, it doesn't sound like he's ready to embrace the hammock season quite as much as I am. So we'll see how that plays out. It's just a lot of fun, I can tell you that, Mark. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. 
Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. I want to remind you, if you would like to win one of many great prizes, you ha- you can't do so if you don't join the game clubhouse. So that's a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse, Cypress Bayou Casino, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou, perhaps a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, or a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. Can't win any of those great prizes if you don't join the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. I always try or try, endeavor to, when someone, pretty big figure in the history of sports dies, especially if they're older, uh, Charles White died at 64 I, I did not get exactly the details of that and I guess it really doesn't matter um he won the Heisman Trophy in 1979 wearing the number 12 which was I thought as a youngster I was like in middle school when he did that and um oh you know wearing a quarterback number now numbers are all over the place of course Nebraska, by that same time, Jarvis Redwine, as I remember, wore number wore number twelve. That was kind of weird, but um, Charles White's one of the. I think I started him, and then right after him, Todd Blockledge, or two of the guy athletes that I started the philosophy that I now hold that it's a team game, and that. Being on certain teams can make you look better than you really are as an individual. Like Charles White, I'm not saying he shouldn't have won the Heisman, but he shouldn't have won the Heisman. <laughs> like he had probably he probably had 10 players on his own team that was better than him. Now, I mean, the man just passed, so I'm not trying to make him you know, a human life is more important than all these silly sports talk and comparisons and all that. And again, I have no idea the condition. But but Charles White was, um, he played on quite possibly the most talented NFL, I mean, the most talented college football team of all time. Now, some people would point at that, um, what that, what was that, 01 or so? That Miami Hurricanes team had a lot of talent, no question. Tons of talent. But that that USC team um, was was tremendous. And one of the running backs on that team was called Marcus Allen, who was better than Charles White. But um, So he wasn't even the most talented running back on his own team at his own position, much less the best football player in the country. But, uh, you know, uh, some people were probably surprised that Charles White didn't have much of an NFL career. I I didn't think he was going to have much of an NFL career. You know, again, even as a youngster, I'm like, that guy's I remember Todd Blackledge. Like, Todd Blackledge? 
they they drafted Todd Blackledge in the first round. I remember thinking, that guy's not good. Todd Blackledge. He's just on a good team. A lot of players, you can look good if you're on a good team, surrounded by talent. And, like, Charles White was, was, again, quite possibly surrounded by the most talented college football team ever. But, um... But he did win the Heisman, and um, again, I don't, I don't know what happened. But he, he was just getting old. You know, people, you know, he's sixty four. Is not that old though. Um, so I guess that's right because I was uh, was about thirteen years old when that happened. So yeah. Uh, but no, Charles White passed away, and and um, again, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he was in that game as a youngster, non-UL, non-LSU, in terms of a national football games, uh, college football games, when they beat Ohio State in that Sugar Bowl, 17-16. I, uh, that, I, that was a huge game for me. You know, again, in the 70s, I was I pulled for Ohio State, and Nebraska. I didn't pull it for the Michigan's a Gestapo team. Oklahoma was a Gestapo team. USC was a Gestapo team to me. So I didn't pull for them either. I pulled for John Shira against Charles White. I didn't win, but I pulled for. Him. But um, but no, I always I always liked Ohio State going back to the Cornelius Green days and um. And so I was, I was crushed when USC. I, I was really hoping they'd beat USC. Great game. USC won 17-16. That's back when they played defense in the national championship. In, in national championship type games, there was no national championship then. But anyway, anyway, just wanted to comment about Charles White. And, um, you know, great name, legendary football team. And uh, just wanted to. Give some perspective, historical perspective there. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back to finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back. Two footnotes. Kevin Foote, want to remind you, if you got an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker for Christmas, you want to add this to the many things in life those devices give you to make your life easier, just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you. Home office, wherever you go. Yesterday, I came to the show and I was going to talk about the, the precarious situation that the Baltimore Ravens find their way in, themselves in, with the Lamar Jackson situation. And I left scared to death that of the possibility that didn't hit me until the show was going on and I and my mind started wondering and I started considering options that Lamar Jackson would end up with the Atlanta Falcons. Um still not that that my opinion has not changed. Um and we just even discussed the Miami Dolphins as a potential landing spot for Lamar Jackson. If, you know, a lot of things have to happen. Again, we're all speculating. That's all you're doing right now. We're speculating. 
Tua. I mean, uh, I just don't see any scenario where the Dolphins can give a long-term contract to Tua. Um, Lamar, if he doesn't re-sign with the Ravens, which there's a lot of people that don't think that's going to happen, I'm all for the Dolphin thing. Of course, the Dolphins, if the Tua situation happens, a lot of a lot of speculation will be that that's where Tom Brady's going to go because Tom Brady they were trying to get Tom Brady to so say there and Casper there a couple years ago. So, man, I, I said this offseason might not be as as crazy as the quarterback carousel offseason of last year. Maybe I jumped the gun there. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111-706-0111. If you would like to get in, this first segment is the time to do it. Um, Obviously got lots of going on. We probably aren't going to get to the NFL playoffs quite as much today as maybe I was thinking. Obviously, we'll do a lot of that tomorrow because... Uh, we've done some of it, but not really as much as I wanted. Got a lot of things getting away, just kind of newsy things that keep happening uh, off the field. And one of those happened yesterday with the news that former St. Thomas Moore All-State quarterback Walker Howard has entered the transfer portal. My first thought was like probably the first thought that many of y'all had was TCU, his former teammate um, is has already made the transfer a wide receiver in Besh has already made the transfer to TCU the other one is Florida I, I don't know what the situation is with Florida and I know they you know they they have a quarterback that by the way some people are talking about that there's no way I, he's an incredible athlete but there's no way I would draft that guy in the first round but anyway um Florida, I guess, could make sense as well. But we'll wait and see what happens. Certainly not. um, I guess it's not. I guess you can't say anybody in a jammed up quarterback scenario like LSU has. I guess you can't say anything is a surprise anymore, really. I mean, what can you say is a surprise anymore? I, I, I don't know that you can. So... But uh, certainly big news locally um, and nationally with a a five-star quarterback entering the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens there. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Saints, but being an LSU fan and a local product uh, with the Saints, it's kind of with the transfer portal, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm like you that in that I have black and gold and purple and gold glasses, but I'm also realistic and I try to be non-biased and 
that's the thing with the transfer portal is you're going to get some, you're going to lose some, especially with the quarterback uh, position. And when uh, when Daniel said he wanted, he was coming back, my initial gut feeling was I wish he would through in the draft because I want Walker Howard to uh, to play. But uh, and you mentioned that with the Florida quarterback and that he's very athletic, but as a passer, it's that stereotypical. Um, saying with athletic quarterbacks that it's almost like, uh, you know, pocket passers that don't run versus guys like Lamar Jackson or Daniels or the Florida quarterback or whoever, a Mike Vick type, where they can they can run and they're super athletic, but how good of a passer, you know, are they accurate or can they read a defense versus, uh, you know, it's kind of like that saying, what's that saying with a point guard? You have, uh, do you want a scoring point guard or do you want a passing point guard? Right. You know, um, but the point is with Howard, and, and I think this happened in my mind. It's like Keishawn Butte said he was coming back. Bash is like, all right, well, I'm, I'm leaving because I'm not going to be a number two or three like I want to be, uh, you know. So he leaves, and then Butte ends up leaving too. And it's like, you know, it's like a domino effect. But it's like the draft, or it's like uh, losing players to free agency. You just got to either going to rebuild or reload. You know, it's LSU, and I have faith in Brian Kelly. And I just wish it seems so stupid now in retrospect that he did that. I cringed when I saw it, but uh, he did the, the video with Howard dancing. You know, well, it's a promo thing. Uh, but looking back at it now, it's like, oh, man, I wish he wouldn't have done that. But anyway, uh, it was good to hear uh, Stevie P talk. Uh, he mentioned bump, the Bump Phillips era, and that was one thing I wanted to say, despite the frustration of the loss on Sunday. They kind of wore those throwback black jersey, white pants. Yeah, I just uh, wish they'd have had a stripe on the pants. It's the same thing. It's the black pants and the white pants are the same thing. They need a stripe. Yeah. Like the old school black and gold stripe. But I wanted to say, like, that, that kind of uh, – a general rule of thumb for football uniforms is the helmet and the pants sort of need to match colors, but it's not a – you can break that rule, but that's sort of a rule that – that's why the gold pants look better than the black pants. But uh, I do like the black jerseys with white pants. It's not the best uniform, but it's it's a fun, I guess, alternative. Yeah, but, some uh, people hated it. If they'd have had a stripe on it, I'd be okay, but they, they, they didn't have a stripe on it, but – yeah. All righty, sir. I appreciate the call. All right. Thanks. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Morning, bud. Good morning, sir. I wanted to, 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 to chime in on something I heard you say uh, last hour. Okay. You not get mad during baseball season. Come on, man. We know that's not possible. Well, I people mean, say I'm, it's hammock, a hammock season. Hammock, hammock season or not, you know the umpire's gonna make a bad call somewhere down the line. Well, or I might, some- I might get mad at a at an issue, or the fact. But again, that's totally different than getting frustrated about the Astros winning or losing. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, there might be some issues or something that comes up that I would get mad at, but it's not gonna have anything to do with the Astros winning or losing. As long as you take that 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 blood pressure medicine, we all good, you know. But yeah. uh, I seen something that 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 hadn't happened in a long time. I 
my Red Sox actually signed a player to a long-term deal. They did, but, man, the Trevor Story news was not good. Well, you know that whole situation? You know what that kind of reminds me of? You remember a few years ago they had a cat they signed out of San Francisco, uh, Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda? Yeah. That cat, yeah, he was always hurt, barely even played. You know, he was all hyped up, going to do him some good, and then he never played. But, uh... I, I thought that how I was dreaming. I had to pitch myself. I was like, wait, the Red Sox know how to sign a player to a long-term deal? <laughs> well, like, he he's really good, too. He's really good. Well, I mean, that's the only person we got left. I don't know who else we got. If he would have walked, you know, went to the Dodgers or something, you know. But, uh, but yeah, man, that's all I had for this morning. And uh, I'm looking forward to baseball season. And, uh, of course, you do want your, your Astros to repeat, man. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they can't repeat. I'm just saying anything bad that happens, I'm going to say, well, we're the World Series champions. I can get through that. Hammock. Exactly. Yeah. But have a good one, bud. All right. Positive thoughts, buddy. All right. Take care. Thank you for the call. All right. So here, just to refresh our memories and our inform us, just to give us a frame of reference on – the history in the last couple decades of teams that made trades for head coaches. Bill Parcells, here's what the Patriots got. A first, a second, a third, and a fourth. A first round, a second round, a third round, in fourth round for Stalin. Mike Holmgren, former former Packer coach, went to Seattle. They got a second round pick for Mike Holmgren. Go back and look. When Mike Holmgren was in Green Bay, the staff that he had, unbelievable, unbelievable staff. Um, Herman Edwards, not at the level of some of these other coaches. They got a fourth-round pick. Herman Edwards was was a fourth-round pick. John Gruden was that incredibly insane trade. They got two first and two seconds. Man. Two first and two seconds for John Gruden. And Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick trade... Fittingly, was a little more complicated. For Bill Belichick, it was a first, a fourth, and a seventh, and they gave back a fifth and a seventh. So essentially, it was for a first-round draft pick, Bill Belichick. Because the fourth and the seventh kind of counteracted by the fifth and the seventh. So that's basically a, a, a wash. and And so essentially... Bill Belichick was for a first-round draft pick. So, of the five examples I just gave, in three of the five, a first-round draft pick was included, and in the Gruden case, two first-round draft picks. So this idea that some people think that that the Saints are going to get multiple first, I, I think that's unrealistic. And again, if they get, if they get, 
a first-round pick, which, I mean, I would love if they would. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, it's not going to be this year's first-round pick. I, don't, I just don't believe that. It's too high. Like, I think they might give next year's first-round pick, but not this year. So, but... The idea that they would that that well, I've heard other people go the other direction, and they're not going to get a first round. Well, they might. I just don't think it's going to be this year's first round pick. I, that that would that would be too shocking to me. I, I just I don't see that happening. Now, if the Saints don't get, I'm trying to think. Like, I I think I would rather have two second round picks than just a first round pick. And what, what I was saying is, if they don't get a first-round pick, but they get, like, two second-round picks, I'd be okay with that. I still think you can build your team that way. I still think you you can – you can. The, other than quarterback, the, the Saints' needs, in my opinion, are at positions that don't require high first-round picks. Like, I don't even want a quarterback. Uh, you, know, you know me. I hate drafting rookie quarterbacks. I hate it. So, I think the Saints' other big needs besides quarterback are maybe a safety, depending on what they think is going to happen with the safeties, and a defensive tackle to stop the run. Well, you don't need a top 10 pick to draft a defensive tackle or a safety. Most of the time, those guys aren't picked in those rounds and that, that high in the first round anyway. So, uh, and they need a running back, but you're not going to pick a running back in that spot anyway. I mean, they can get a running back in free agency. They can get a running back in the fourth round that can fill the need that I'm talking about. And so the Saints' big needs, and they need a possession receiver. Well, you're not going to pick a possession receiver in the upper half of the first round. That's not what you're going for there. So the Saints' needs, other than if you're one of these quarterback people, the Saints' needs are not positions that you need a really high first-round pick to get to address. They can address it in the second, third, fourth round. These, So that's why I'd be okay if they got, like, two seconds and not a first. Of course, I would love a first, but it's the way it, way it is what it is. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. I was going to say shift gears, but not really shift gears. Just kind of get Luke's opinion on all these subjects we've been talking about. We'll do that next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season, also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the London Graw Barthon Monday, February the 20th. It's a four-mile trek through Freetown just south of the parade route. 
where a costume and enjoy free, free drinks throughout the course. A party bus will follow closely, which means you can hop on at any time you want, run all, part, or none of the of the four-mile race. The uh, audience will vote for the winner of the costume contest, so bring your loudest, craziest friends. It's the Lundy Graw Barathon. Register now at latrail.org. All right. It'll be the last time we'll try to get Luke back on during the offseason as we get a little closer to the draft or maybe some big announcement happens. But it'll kind of be the wrap-up interview of this very frustrating 2022 Saints season. How are you, sir? Yeah, it's the offseason, so I'm doing great right now. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, how, how long the, the Saints keep it quiet here. But uh, for now, it's pretty good. All right, so... You know, I do talk radio. You you do a lot of talk radio. Do you, you know? I, I said earlier today that we're entering the period where we basically do nothing but speculate and speculate and speculate. Do you like all discussing and speculating, or do you do you like it for a certain period of time, and then I get like speculation fatigue? How, how do you feel about all that? Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I really like doing it for about uh, like you know, two or three weeks, and then at, at that point, I'm just like, man, can I just talk to somebody again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, I, I don't know. I feel like this is this is something I go through every year as a sports writer, where just by the end of the season, I'm just like, man, I'm so sick of being around everybody all the time. I just want to have like a moment to myself, and you know, it's nice to to just sit back and just be like, yeah, well, they could do this, and then you know, after a couple weeks, you're like. What am I actually doing here? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I really just want to kind of be around people and uh, and not just kind of sitting on my couch thinking of what might happen. So, um, yeah, same way, same way. I just, um, I'm going to enjoy it while I while I typically enjoy it, and then after that, I'm going to be itching to get out and do stuff again. Okay, uh, I think we all kind of think we we figured out, you know, with the whole restructure of the Michael Thomas. Uh, contract is about so what in your mind what what is it about um i think they are legitimately using it as as a you know it's just kind of forcing them to make a decision on them right um yeah i think it would have been very hard for them to move on from them as the contract was, was set up before they did the restructure um you know i i, I told many people that like it, it just didn't make any sense, right? You'd be, whether you trade them or you release them or whatever the case may be, you're on the hook for $25 million that year. And um, and it just, you know, it, the fact of the matter is you probably weren't going to get much in a trade for Michael Thomas, um, considering he's played 10 games in three seasons. Um, so you weren't going to get much in a trade back. So you're basically just taking, you know, like a late-round draft pick to, to rid yourself of, of the uh, the idea of even having to think about them didn't make sense. But now that they've restructured it, they they get significant cap cap relief this year if if they move on from them, and uh, and if they decide to keep them, it's a big gamble because they got to have a, a you know, they're guaranteed to pay them thirty one million dollars next year. So um, you know I think I think they are going to take the next. Uh, a month or two, whatever. I think it's uh, March seventeenth is the uh, is the date they need to have that figured out by, and they're going to see exactly what they want to do, and uh, and and make a call before that day. Um, so, 
I don't think this is necessarily a guarantee that they're gonna they're gonna move on from him, but I think it's it's a pretty strong indication, right? Um, you know, they could decide like, hey, we're gonna feel really dumb if we let him go and you know, save the fifteen fourteen million dollars in the cap or whatever, and then he comes back and has a hundred catches for thirteen hundred yards next year, right? But at the same time, like it, it is a it is a gamble. Like if you do decide to keep him, he's gonna be costly. Yeah, I, I just player, then you know it's not like they didn't give him a chance. I mean, it, we've been you know I, I I I wouldn't if that happens, then it happens in my mind. Like you 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 yeah, you just have to move on, and, and, and it's just too much. By the way, do you, I mean do do you think there's anything other than he was flat out injured behind him not playing anymore? No, I really do think he was he was really motivated to get back and and prove everybody what he what he is. You know. I, I don't think that um, I don't think it was a it was a situation where where he just didn't want to play. Um, so you know, like he is the the type of person that gets that really gets bothered by by people saying you know he's washed up or this or that or um, yeah I, I I just have a hard time believing just to, in what I know about Michael Thomas and his psyche um, that that he'd be sitting out when he was when he was okay to play now it, you know if they get it if they if they cut Jameis like most of us think we're gonna do and and um I mean I think now you know I, I Will Lutz has driven me crazy for years and and now after the after Sunday's awful performance like they've got to cut him plus they get some cap relief so are they if they make those moves and a couple others in the Michael Thomas thing are they going to be okay in terms of the cap and and having money to maneuver to improve in certain areas yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be fine, right? I, I think they're going to be able to, to to make some space. Now, I mean, it's going to have to require a little bit more creativity if they try to make a splash move at quarterback, right? Like if they trade for Derek Carr, let's say. Um, you know, I, I mean, he's going to be a, a huge contract, and they're going to have to figure out a way to work him in, and then that's going to reduce their flexibility to make other moves along the roster. But I, I think there's definitely a path for them to clear enough money um, you know, to make some additions to the team. But I don't think they're going to be like the, you know, day one or two of free agency moves. You know, they, they typically don't wade into those waters. Um, and I, I don't think that they're going to, they're going to be, you know, clearing $25, $30 million cap space to go out and make some splash free agent signings. I think they would be more like the, the week two of free agency period when they're signing guys for seven, eight, nine million million a year. A year ago, they made a splash – an attempt, a pretty serious one for Deshaun Watson. If Lamar Jackson becomes available in a trade, do you think they would be active there? A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they are desperate to get a quarterback. I, I think Dennis Allen is desperate to get a quarterback because you know he knows his job is on the line, right? I mean, it didn't take long this year for people to, to be like, he's not the answer. Um, and you know, that... <laughs> whole thing changes if you have if you have a star quarterback right but um, does Ennis Allen so he, have any say so would he have any I mean yeah does I he they, have any they, you think he has per, anywhere near the personnel and the it, it, say so that that Casper did no I don't think he's he's has that lot of uh, a voice in the room but I do think that they they will take his his voice and his, his opinion into consideration on that and, you know, I think the team knows that it needs a quarterback, right? So if, 
if somebody like Lamar Jackson is available, um, yeah, I think the Saints will move heaven and earth to try to make that happen. Um, now, I don't know if you know he would be or if the, the Saints would be on his list of teams he'd even want to you know, consider. Um, yeah, that part I just you just don't know. But um, but yeah, I, I think if that was if that if he was available and that was the case, they they would do everything in their power to make that happen. All right, so I'm sure you've heard all the speculation. Um, you know, a year ago when the whole Casper thing happened, I, I was thinking that uh, I, I said I thought he'd go to the Arizona Cardinals, and then you know Kyler's gotten kind of weird, and they've got you know the Bidwell whole setup has not ever been really respected but now since the GM left a lot of people are saying well if he goes there he can almost main name his GM or at least have some say so in that and you hear reports that maybe he likes Kyler more than most coaches do uh do you buy the Arizona Cardinals thing over Denver and some of these other potential options and do you even think it's possible that the Saints would get the third overall pick or it would be some other kind of compensation? So I I do buy the Cardinals thing mainly because of the GM thing, right? Like he could handpick, you know, assuming assuming this is how the conversation goes, right? Like if he's, he's talking to Cardinals, at, um, like I, I would think that that conversation is like, look, if I'm going to come here, I'm, you know, I'm going to have somebody I want to work with in the front office. Um, and I'm assuming that would be, one of the one of the guys in the Saints front office who he trusts and he's worked with for a while, whether it's Jeff Ireland or somebody like Kai Harley, right? Um, somebody who he knows he has a good work relationship with, somebody who um, you know kind of has the same vision as him on how to build a team. Um, so I, I think that makes them a contender in that. The Kyler thing, I, I just don't know. You know, you see all this stuff where he's like saying positive things about him before the draft and everything like that. And he, you know, I think that's a completely different thing when he's saying that in front of a camera that versus versus what he actually thinks of the player, especially now that he's got four or five years of NFL experience, um, and and he's coming off a major injury, probably wouldn't be available for you know most of the start of of the 2023 season. Um, but the the fact that he'd be able to probably have a hand in, in picking who he's working with in the front office, I think is is probably appealing to him. Um, as far as the the number three pick. The only way I think that's even in play is if the Cardinals are just desperate to get him and if there's real competition for his services, right? And, you know, I mean, right now there's three teams that we absolutely know about who are interested in him. And, you know, let's say he's he's considering the Texans and the Texans are like, yeah, we'll, we'll throw in the number 12 pick, Um yeah, you know, maybe that maybe it does become a, a thing that you can you can throw in there, um, but I don't know. It, it, that seems it seems like a pretty pretty high speed price to pay. I, I, mean, I, think it's I, I could see it just, maybe it just comes down to how desperate teams are, right? And how much competition there is. I was thinking maybe next year's first round pick, and, and, but but I mean, if you're a head coach and you're coming into a new situation and you've got the number three overall pick to kind of get an elite player. 
you know, I could see maybe a second or a third this year and maybe a first next year or two seconds. I, I just can't see the number three overall. I, I just – that would just be the, shot. The only way the only way it happens is if, is if they're absolutely desperate and there's big-time competition, right, if everybody's trying to outbid each other. Now, the Houston uh, Texans are considered a laughing stock. Like, why would he go there? I don't – you don't see that as an option, do you? I think the only the only way I would consider, I would consider that as an option is, is you know, they've – the McNair family's kind of historically given their their coach power, right? They don't necessarily meddle in that, um, and I think that's probably uh, it's probably something that is appealing to him. You know, it's, it's kind of something that he had in New Orleans. He had kind of carte blanche say as, as far as what he wanted to do. Now, I mean, they have been a laughing stock, and they have fired you know their last three head coaches. Right? They've, they've had three head coaches in three years. Um, you know, I, I do think that. Um, that they have some pieces there, though, that that would make it interesting. Yeah, you know, they have the number two pick. He could hand select his quarterback. You know, out of the all the the options that are available in this year's draft, he could have his choice of the litter because it's not like the Bears are going to take one number one overall. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's it's something we can't just rule out. I you know, I, I would have not considered them as a real legitimate option. A couple of weeks ago, but you know, I think you have to look at what's on the table right now. And if he really wants to get back into coaching this year, um, I don't think they're—I don't think they're a, a bad choice. Um, so I, I don't know. This is yeah, this this whole story is just kind of—it feels like it's kind of shifting as as you know it goes along. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see where this thing ultimately ends up. If the Cowboys and Chargers, and look, I don't think the Chargers get rid of Staley. Some people do think they could fire him uh, if they lose uh, in the first round of the playoffs. There are many other people that think that the Cowboys could fire McCarthy if they lose in the first round of the playoffs on Monday to the Yucks. Uh, do you buy any of those? But if that happens, I don't see a great option for him. So what chances do you give that he's just not going to take any of these jobs? Uh, I don't. I, I really don't think that's likely that he he waits another year. I think he's ready to do it. Um, and you know, there would be some places that are more attractive than others. Like if if the the Chargers just you know they they lose. Uh, I think they're playing the Jaguars in the first round. If they lose to the Jags, maybe maybe there is a chance that that the the Chargers are like, hey, Hall of Fame coaches out there, you know, this guy that we have is is not getting the most out of our superstar young quarterback. Let's just make a move and, and go all in on Sean Payton, right? And I, I think they would understand that there's probably huge interest there on on Payton's part. He gets to live in L.A. He gets to work with Justin Herbert. You know, they have a pretty strong roster in place. You know, they wouldn't care about a first round pick, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I could see that being an option. I could certainly see the Cowboys being an option. I, I mean, if they go one and done in the playoffs, Jerry Jones, I, you know clock is ticking on that guy to, to go out and get another championship, right? I could see him getting desperate. And I think that's that would all play into the Saints' favor is if they got, you know, five teams in the mix and they're all just really going after Sean Payton and, and they really want to make a, a big move to land a, a big-name head coach. And, and I mean, that drives the price up. And, and you know, it's, nobody is hoping for anybody to get fired, but for the Saints' sake, you know, they want more people in this. And if, if the Chargers and or the Cowboys are in it, it's only good for the Saints. All right. We'll take a timeout. 
shift gears a little bit. Again, we're speaking with Luke Johnson, uh, the advocate at NOLA.com. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, we're speaking with Luke Johnson. Now, Luke, you obviously know quite a bit about the Green Bay Packer organization. Um, Mike McCarthy is is not considered to be the same caliber coach in the minds of a lot of people as Sean Payton, unless and yet and yet if you look at their track record, they have almost the same amount of wins. They have the same amount of Super Bowls. They both played with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, essentially their careers have been identical, but the perception of their two careers are very different. How do you assess all of that? Oh, it's a good question. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, um, you know, Sean Payton's body of work has, has lent a lot more people who think he's a genius. (laughs) Um, you know, and I, I think there's there's some parts of that where where there's like some creativity to, to Sean's offense where there wasn't with McCarthy. Um, you know, he's he, he's he's the guy who's constantly thinking of, of new things and adding new things to to whatever his his kind of base offensive scheme is. Um, where I just don't I don't think you have the same type of of vibe with McCarthy. Um, but you know. <laughs> It is hard to argue with with the numbers there. You know, they they're very similar. Um, you know, Sean has has one Super Bowl appearance. He came very close a couple times. McCarthy had one Super Bowl appearance. Came very close a couple times. Both have had, you know, probably their their best season ever, and in extreme disappointment. Um, you know, the 2011 Saints. I don't need to say what happened to them with you. Um, the 2000, yeah, the 2011 Packers. They went 15 and one. Um, Aaron Rodgers had like 45 touchdowns and six picks. It was one of the best seasons ever by an NFL quarterback, and they got beat in their first playoff game by a nine and seven New York Giants team. Um, you know, I, I think both of those coaches have have flaws on their resume, but um, I think with with Peyton, you can consistently see that his his offense is adapted with with his personnel, with with the changes in the NFL and and you know the way the game went. Um, to where I think you know you could be pretty confident with him, um, you know, kind of lasting through a contract. Um, and yeah, I don't. I feel like McCarthy's offenses have, have you know just kind of stayed the same. And, and you know, even these last couple of years with Dallas, it's it's primarily been you know Kellen Moore, whose offensive play calling has kind of kept them up at the top of the NFL in terms of like total yardage and, and scoring. Um, where Peyton is the offensive play calling with the Saints, so yeah, it's, it's maybe it's not real, a real distinction, but you know, I think that's that's kind of where people land on it. All right, so we talked about a few of the players and um, a little earlier that might be going. If you had to list the top two players that the Saints will more likely lose that would hurt them the most um, going in, you know, in this off season coming up, what, what would you speculate those might be? 
As far as current free agents or guys who are still under contract still? Well, just guys that they could lose to free agency. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they'd really, really like to keep um, Caden Ellis. You know, he, he obviously played himself into a much bigger contract than anybody was expecting at the start of this year. Um, and, you know, I think they're going to try their best to keep him around and, and try to maybe even lock him up before he even reaches free agency. Um, but, you know, he's, he's one I'm really keeping, uh, keeping an eye on. Um, you know, outside of him, you know, it, there's a lot a of lot names, of but no one that you probably couldn't fairly easily replace. It was yeah, kind of my impression. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like a lot of, a lot of the guys on the on the free agent list right now are, are you know, frankly replaceable players. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have put Marcus Davenport on there ahead of the season, but then he he played in a career high amount of games and he finished with a half a sack. You know, he was really disappointing this year. Um, you know, I I don't think I would even. Like I think I'd let him test free agency, see if he gets anything, and if he doesn't, then you know bring him back on a low risk like one year deal and see what he can do. But I, you know, I wouldn't like move a bunch of stuff around to make sure I bring Marcus Davenport back, you know, especially if, if there's not a ton of interest in him on the open market. Um, and that's really kind of where a lot of the guys are. I, I think the only the only one who you know I'm, I'm looking at on this, yeah, you know, I think they got 26. Free agents total, including uh, restricted free agents, and the only one that I'm, the only ones that I'm really like, they need to bring these guys back are Caden Ellis and uh, and Juwan Johnson. And Juwan Johnson's a restricted free agent, and I imagine they'll probably tender him at the second round level, which would be like a four million dollar deal, and then try to work out something long term with him. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the quarterback, but let's just throw for this sake of conversation, throw quarterback out. If you were going to list the three biggest needs in the draft that they need to address, again, not throw quarterback out, what what would those positions be? All right, number one, um, and I'm not going to say this is something they need to do with their first pick, but it's something they need to address, is they they need to get a running back. And they need to get somebody who can carry the load. Um. So you know, I think they could do that in the third or fourth round, right? But that needs to be done, and I think it would probably benefit them to get two. Um, so, look, Alvin's going to miss probably six games next year. Like, let's, let's just let's just call it that, right? Let's assume that it's going to be a six-game suspension. Um, even when he comes back, I mean, I think we've seen the last two years he's had easily his highest workload and I just don't think that that's that's getting the most out of him right I, I just I know I've, I've talked in your show before about how I think Alvin is capable between tackles runner um, but I think he's a much better player when he's getting 15 touches a game and six of them are in the passing game and um, and you know he's, he's he's used a little bit more creatively um, to let him take advantage of the big playability it's still there but I think his longest run this year was 27 yards. And if you're just like constantly banging him into the interior of the defense, I just don't think you're getting the most out of him. So if you get somebody in the, in the third round who can, who can give you 200 carries a year, and then you, you turn around to Alvin and take him from you know, 280 and take him down to 150, 170, um, I think you're, you're getting more out of him, and you're making yourself a more balanced offense. So number one priority for me is get a running back or two. 
Um, and then they really need to address the interior of their defensive line. Um, that's been a weak spot for two years now. Um, I think it really showed up this year in their struggles against the run. Uh, they had a hard time uh, just kind of controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, so, you know, I think I would probably take my, my top pick, you know, the number 41 pick that they have right now, and invest that in a defensive tackle. You know, try to get as good a player as you can at that position. And then, you know, outside of that, um, is safety third? Is safety third? No, I don't think so. I, I think Matthew played really, really well in the second half of the year. I think um, I think Marcus May was was coming on before he had that injury at the end of the year. I think he'll be better next season. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think I would try to find, especially considering we are assuming Michael Thomas is going to be playing somewhere else next year. I would try to find a, like a possession type receiver. Um, you know, it's something they really missed this year. Um, you know, Alave is a really great player, but he's not strong enough right now to be your, your go-to guy when you need a completion on third down. Um, <clears throat> and I think the same thing is true for Shahid. Um, really exciting players. I think they're going to have very bright futures, you know, pro bowl type careers, but I think that offense is missing somebody. It can move the chains on third down and be a very tough contested to contested catch type receiver. I think you can find that type of player in the mid rounds. So those would be my, my top three spots for them right now. Um, and you know, obviously free agency might change that, but um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. We, we, we didn't, we didn't realize it, but in, in hindsight, it would have been better for the saints had they just, the NFL suspended 41, six games this year because the saints game plan suspended them for about eight games. I mean, really? That's true. I mean, really? Uh, and and now I don't know, just just awful. No, everything you just said made sense. Um, I mean, the, the, he, here's my issue, and then we gotta we gotta go. Gotta let you go. But like to me, the whole everything you said about running back was it made total sense to me. I've been screaming about this for two years, and yet. Whoever is the new offensive coordinator, if there is one, or they've got to get a philosophy change, or everything that you said is not really going to fit in. They've got to get a major offensive philosophy change and understanding to to do what you just said. Yeah, I agree. And I look, I you know, we'll obviously see what happens with Pete Carmichael here, but I, it kind of feels like the writing's on the wall there, right? And I think. You know, they tried to do the, the whole continuity thing and, and run the Sean Payton offense without Sean Payton here. I just don't think it worked. And I think you're you're asking for big problems if if you you go into the 2023 season looking to do the same thing when it clearly, I mean, it clearly didn't work. Look, the, the last nine games of the year, their defense held teams to like 15 points a game, right? And it goes it's even better if you go to the last 10, but let's just, let's talk about these last nine games, right? So it's like 15 points per game. The defense held the opposing teams to. That's like number one in the NFL. It's right up there at the top of the league. You should be winning a lot of games. They went four and five in those last nine games because their offense averaged 12.7 points per game. I That's it's, it's absolutely insane. If you think you're just going to run back next year with the same offense, with, with no new ideas and and expect completely different results. Um, they, they need 
some some new ideas and there's some new life. Um, and look, as good as that defense was, I mean, they went four and five in those games. It's, it, they, they can't, you cannot just count on good defense to win you games in the NFL. It's it's going to help if you have good offense to go along with it, competent offense. But like, if, if you're not scoring points, you're not going to win. It, it, bar none. I mean, they they scratched out four wins, <laughs> and they weren't easy wins. None of them were. Yeah, but so, they like, again they. You, you need, you need I agree, but they some, also some gave away. I agree, but they also gave away two or three games with some of the stupidest stuff in the history of the sport. But anyway, no, I agree with you. I, I, I it's got to change. They, they, they have got to to treat forty one like he was treated before. Uh, and and if they don't, then it's going to continue to be tr- problematic. Well, anyway, we got to go. I appreciate your time all season long. Sincerely, very much. Thank you and. Uh, we'll catch up uh, in the future. Sounds good, Kevin. Hopefully we have some fun stuff to talk about next Yes, year. yes, I agree. Thank you. Luke no Johnson, thank you. No, I man, Luke, he does a great job of handling my frustration. So I appreciate Luke very much. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back, finish out today's show on the game. Welcome back. Want to remind you, if you would like to have a lot of fun like we do at Delta Media Station and you're looking for a career change with any type of sales experience, from retail to telemarketing, anything in between, and yes, Ralph, that includes selling Girl Scout cookies, then Delta Media wants to hear from you. Email your email your resume to sales director Johnette Cochran, that's J-C-O-C-H-R-A-N, at deltamediacorp.com, or by calling 896-1600-896-1600. Appreciate Again, everything Luke said today made total sense, but it, some of it was so frustrating because the whole idea of how to use 41, I've been screaming about this since like year one or two. Why all of a sudden did we think it was a good idea to make a dump truck out of him? Like, what in the world happened? Like, who sat in a meeting and said, you know, for that guy 41, we need to make a dump truck out of that cat. That's what we need to do. Forget about him being this open field guy. Let's make a dump truck. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Y'all try to have a nice day. Thank you.